Welcome to Ghostly. I was born with the very devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than a poet can help the inspiration to song, nor the ambition of an intellectual man to be great. The inclination to murder came to me as naturally as the inspiration to do right comes to the majority of persons. This is a quote that we talked about in the last episode. We talked about finishing the history of Holmes on the last episode. There just wasn't enough time. I mean, it was already an hour and 45 minutes, and I really felt that that was pushing the limit of what we could expect people to listen to. What do you think, Rebecca? Yeah, I agree. It was, we were definitely yeah. a lot longer than we usually go. So. so I had an idea to put up a poll on Facebook asking if you, the listener, wanted to have an episode on the rest of the history of H.H. H. Holmes. And it turns out you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said we must have at least 25 people. I think we're closing in on like 60 people. Wow. Yeah. Nobody voted no, by the way. Wow. I don't, I don't know what I would have done if someone voted no. Yeah. Well, I, you'd have to weigh. Yeah. I'd have no to apologize versus... to them before we record. Then. <laughs> So it turns out you guys do want to hear it. This is kind of going to be about some sick and gruesome topics. Uh, And I think that you, the listeners, are truly sick individuals. And I think that's the reason why we all get along so well. (laughs) Oh, Pat. (laughs) We all just like crime and ghosts and all sorts of fun things. So we're okay. Well, this episode will probably be on the shorter side since there won't be a ghost story attached to it. Sorry, Rebecca. Uh, It's okay. And we're not going to be debating anything. Oh, I'm sure we'll have no debating whatsoever. Oh, wait. You're going to debate some of the facts? I I have no idea. (laughs) I I don't know what we're doing. But uh, I just, uh, knowing us, I have a feeling there could be something that shows up. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to put out a warning to everyone. This episode may not be suitable for all of our listeners, given the fact that we'll be talking about some murders, and a few of them were with young children. If you think you can handle that, then we could move forward. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit of a warning. I mean, we try to stay away from things getting too graphic or crazy, but yeah, yeah, we, we don't want anyone to have nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. So... I really say this because we had a listener contact us on Instagram. Uh, Rebecca, you're our Instagram person. Why don't you tell them about what the listener told you? Oh, yeah. It was so exciting. We had a a listener reach out and tell us that they found us on Podcoin, which, number one, awesome. We love Podcoin. Uh, And that uh, she listens with her daughter and that they're really enjoying it. Um, that she considers herself a skeptic believer, but the daughter is a believer. And uh, and then later uh, later on in the conversation, she mentioned that they debate the episode afterward and everything. Nice. So that's that's what we want. We want um, yeah. people to listen together and debate it. Uh, and I was I'm just excited because uh, my sister and my nephews are not the only ones that do this. (laughs) We have other people. I am so touched that people are listening to Ghostly as a family. Uh, That makes my dark skeptic heart grow four sizes. (laughs) (laughs) So in our last episode, we went over the early life and the prosecution of H.H. Holmes. 
but left out the very middle of the story. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you should probably listen to that first. Yeah, because some of the things that we talk about in this episode, we kind of mentioned in there. And if you yeah. want to understand the context of it, it's probably a good idea to go listen to that first. Plus, it has the ghost story. So. It does, definitely. And the debate, mm-hmm. which I think I'm losing in the polls. So I need my skeptic bros to come out and start voting. And uh, everyone should know that for Pat, uh, bros is a universal term, yes. male or female. Male or female. So, yeah, so he would like all of his skeptics to come out and vote. Yes, what that's what I am saying. Thank you for translating that. <laughs> so I'm going to try to put this into some kind of chronological timeline to make it easier for us to understand. Okay, thank you. Uh, we will be focusing mostly on the wives and deaths associated with homes. Okay. It's like the lives and deaths, the wives and death. <laughs> Somewhat predictable, this Holmes character. Yeah. Very, very interesting person, though. Well, yeah. Interesting and awful. Yeah. And I got accused of being too lenient on him. Yeah. No, let's last make, it, time. make it clear. I, I'm going to make it clear that I am not a supporter of his work. <laughs> no, he's a I truly think, horrible person. Yeah. I think he was horrible. I am fascinated and intrigued by the mind behind something like that, but I am in no way a supporter. No. So don't message me that you're going to be the next H.H. Holmes. Yeah. Well, or if you do, let us know. We'll, we'll let the police know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we'll go from there. Yes. All right. So I'm just going to get into it, I guess. Okay. So after moving to Chicago in 1885, Holmes was a really busy man. On January 28, 1887, he married Murda Belknap. Uh, okay. Is that how you pronounce it? Sure. Oh, yeah. No, I was just, wasn't he already married? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, Murda was supposedly a voluptuous blonde who moved to Chicago from Minnesota for homes. And on July 4th, 1889, they had a child together, a daughter. Her name was Lucy Theodate Holmes. Theodate was his mother's name, I believe. Ah, okay. So this this is, of course, all while Holmes was married to Clara, Clara Loverlings. Oh, right, right. Okay, yes, I remember her. Yeah. And after Murda and Holmes got married, Holmes did attempt to try to get a divorce from Clara. But in those days, divorces were not as easy to get, and uh, his attempt was denied. But I like that he didn't, Attempt it until after marrying, quote unquote, um, Murtra. Murtra? Mur- I, I call her Murda. Murda? Oh, well, I'm looking at the spelling. I don't Mitra? Know. So, yeah, Mitra? Mitral valve prolapse? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's, he obviously was, uh, was lying. Yes. Well, he did say that he thought that Clara had passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm. I'm going to call a liar. Mm-hmm. No, he never lied. This so, is why people think you're yeah, a supporter. Right? I am yeah, not a supporter. <laughs> I am not a supporter of Holmes at all. So there are a lot of assumed murders that Holmes committed spanning from 1891 to 1894. He, you know, it was only three years. And people were saying that, uh, you know, he killed like 200 people. So that would be kind of hard in three years' time. He he would have been, and especially with all the wives he, he had to keep up with. Well, um, you yeah. know. 
He had a whole machine going. Hmm. Well, Holmes did confess to killing 27 people, but some of these people were very unlikely because either they were still alive, never existed, or the details never matched up to what was already known. In other words, you know, he said he killed somebody in this state when they died in some other state. Mm. So it didn't really match up. In recent years, though, the number is thought to be more likely around nine people, which is still horrible, horrible for killing nine people. Some of these are confirmed and some of them are just highly assumed. I mean, can we think, though, that it's possible there's more? I mean, we just don't have proof of it, but he might have sold sold the skeleton or he might have, you know, put the body in the lake or something. I mean, can we, I mean, I know, so nine is like our confirmed list, but well, is some it of those are assumed too. that there's more? We just can't. It is possible, of course. No, for sure. But you got to remember the span of time was only three years. So, I mean, and he did get married several times and he ran a bunch of businesses and um, it, it would have been really difficult for him to do that many more. I call him a multitasker. Okay, or he might have started before 1891 as well. I see, exactly. Okay, well, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say we're gonna go with the nine for this episode. Okay, as the official number, I'm just pointing out. Yeah. Because I have to debate. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to debate. <laughs> and, um, but that's all the ones I'm gonna talk about are oh, the yeah. nine. Oh so. yeah, I gotcha. No speculative tonight. Yeah, right? Okay. So most of Holmes' victims were female, and of the female victims, Holmes was probably involved in a relationship with the majority of them. They all were people that he knew, lovers, employees, business partners, or sometimes all of these things at the exact same time. So not strangers that we know of anyways. Yes, none of these people were strangers to him. Okay. I mean, strangers at one time. Sure. They eventually met, you know. Right. But yeah, so they were they were people that he had some relation with. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that would make sense. I mean, he'll give us the details, but with his MO, what he did and what he got out of it, he would need to know them. Sure, yes. Yeah. So we're going to start off with Julia uh, Smith, which she married Ned Connor, so she was Julia Connor too. So you might see the names both ways. Okay. I see a lot of Julia Smith probably given the nature of their relationship because they moved into the murder castle and worked in the jewelry counter of Holmes's pharmacy. So wait, Ned and Julia did? Yes. Okay. And Pearl, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Okay. Uh, Julia was having an affair with Holmes. When Ned found out, he quit his job and moved out. This left Julia and her daughter, Pearl, alone at the murder castle. Oh, I'm scared for them. Uh, I think you should be. They disappeared on Christmas Eve, 1891. Holmes claimed that Julia died during an abortion that Holmes performed on Christmas Eve. You know, Merry Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And um, Holmes told Julia that they needed to be married before having a child. So he kind of forced her into this abortion. Wow. Yeah. So Pearl was 12 years old her daughter. Mm -hmm. Julia and Pearl were assumed victims of Holmes because they found the bones of a 12-year-old girl in the murder castle, 
and Holmes had confessed to these killings. Wow. Although Julia's body was never discovered. Okay. And then was she reported, were they reported missing? Uh, I believe that they, they were in contact with some family members, so those family members might have. But the reason why we know this is because this is part of Holmes's confession. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you had said in, in our main episode, back then it wasn't like people had phones, were yes. texting each other. I mean, if you didn't hear from somebody for three months, it wasn't necessarily suspicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it might have it been people didn't realize. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably take a break before we get into the rest then. Okay. This is heavy stuff. I got you. It is after hearing about a 12-year-old you know, dying. So yeah. I really think we should take a break. Okay. Okay. Hey, Rebecca, guess what? What's that? Well, you know how we want Ghostly to not only tell and debate great stories, but also to give back to those in need? We do. Yeah, well, I've discovered this new app called PodCoin that lets you donate to charities with a currency you earn just for listening to our podcast or any podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, on PodCoin, you earn their digital currency, PodCoin, just for listening to podcasts. That sounds easy. It is. You can then donate your PodCoin to charities who will get real money donations. And you can also choose to save your PodCoin over time and exchange it for other rewards like Amazon and Starbucks. That's great. Who doesn't like Starbucks? Um, I hope no one. Yeah. Because I love Starbucks. Yeah, they'll give you um, gift cards right cool. there. And you could donate those gift cards too. You could, yeah. So download PodCoin in the App Store or in Google Play and use our special code GHOSTLY to receive 300 PodCoins just for checking it out. Awesome. Yeah. And okay, we're back. All right, let's This is this is tough, but we're going to keep it going. Yeah. So, we already know that Holmes was having an affair with Julia. He was married to two women. Well, Holmes also had an affair with Julia's sister-in-law, Gertrude. Okay, so we're on the fourth woman now. Am I counting this right? Yeah, there's probably a lot more. A lot of women were coming into the pharmacy and flirting with him. Okay. But we have the, the, the original marriage that he couldn't get divorced from. We have the second marriage. Then we have Julia. And now we have Gertrude. Yes. Okay. So Gertrude was the sister-in-law. She was a stunning, dark-haired beauty. She also went by the name Gertie. So you might see Gertie if you do searches for this. She was enchanted by Holmes. But this enchantment somehow died off early on, and she moved back to Iowa. And then somehow she dies mysteriously and unexpectedly. This is not believed to be one of his killings, just a weird fact. Well... Okay. Yeah, I don't think he could be tied with, with that. So. All right, I'm, 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 I'm gonna leave it. I'm not gonna go paranormal on you. Okay. Okay. So what? He sent his mind bullets to her. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess he he can't have his his uh, post 
execution killings yet because he hasn't been executed. So yeah, yeah, okay. So then we're going to talk about the next person, Emmeline Singrande. Did I say that correctly? Looks good to me. All right, she's from Lafayette, Indiana. And she was a woman that began working in the murder castle in May of 1892 and disappeared that December. So I'm going to give a tip. Pro tip? Pro tip. Um, Don't take a job working at a place called the murder castle. Yeah, I don't think he advertised it as the murder castle, though, (laughs) as we said in the last episode. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, no, I feel bad for these women. Oh, okay, keep going. Well, Holmes was a little bit smitten with her, and he proposed to her. She said no, though, because she was warned about Holmes by Julia's husband, Ned Connor. <gasps> wow, yeah. it's a small world. Check Although they out. did have an affair, though. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the people that Holmes might have sold off as a skeleton after killing. They never found her body, and police that investigated the murder castle believe they found her footprint on the inside of a vault door. Oh my gosh. Like burned it? Like how would you find it? Probably that? suffocated. <gasps> oh man. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, there's another one there. In 1893, Holmes met an actress named Minnie Williams in an employment office. Some say that this is not necessarily true that Holmes actually met her earlier in Boston and convinced her to come to Chicago for the World's Fair. You know, we can't go back to that time and see what happened, nor would I probably want to. I don't think I want to see Holmes in action. No, but Um, regardless, he has a silver tongue, man. He could get these ladies. Yeah, but remember, he could not look these people in the eyes. He had some uh, disease or genetic deformity where he could not stare people in the eyes. Well, or I wonder if that's like a mental thing. Uh, they said that it was it was a genetic disorder. Yeah. Well, I wonder if he explained that or something. He's obviously he had some way of talking to these people though. He was a good looking guy though for the times. Well, uh, there you go. Kind of looked like everybody else there with the mustache and you know if he would have had a beard, he probably would have been even better looking. Uh. Listener note, Pat has a beard. (laughs) All right, so Holmes offered Minnie a job as a stenographer, and he somehow convinced her to allow him to transfer the deed of her property that she inherited in Fort Worth, Texas, to him with an alias of Bond, Alexander Bond. I mean, really? (laughs) Like, (laughs) first of all, that's funny that that's the name he picked. But two, what are you doing? What are you doing, Minnie? Yeah. You're, you meet this guy in employment office or in Boston, wherever, and you know, you're know you signing over property. I mean, I've known you for three years. I'm not signing over property to you, Pat. I'm sorry. Um, Please? <laughs> no, I don't have any property. But oh, okay. if I did, I'm still not doing it, especially not to some alias. <laughs> yeah. Well, Holmes later transferred the title to Benjamin Peitzel under an alias of Benton T. Lyman. Wow. I mean, how would you even claim anything when it's under like three levels? Of oh, Holmes, Holmes had his way of doing it. Wow. So Minnie and Holmes were posing as husband and wife. They rented an apartment in Lincoln Park. Uh, that's a Chicago neighborhood for those people not, not from the Chicagoland area. Minnie was just as much a con man as Holmes, some say. 
which made things easy for Holmes, who just had to stay one step ahead of her in their plans. Well, I mean, I guess it was easy. I mean, maybe she could have tricked him in the end. You never know. Though, obviously, she seems a bit She did slow. not. She, she did. seems a bit slow with the whole signing over. I know you think that she's slow because of another podcast that you've listened to. <laughs> From what well, I understand, she was not slow. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm sure she wasn't, but you know, she obviously made, she thought she was being tricksy, yeah. but not. So Minnie's sister, Nanny, sometimes called Anna, came to stay with them. And she wrote to her aunt that she was planning to accompany Brother Harry, which was probably Holmes. Mm to Europe, and then Minnie and Nanny were never heard of after that. Uh, they were last seen alive on July 5th of 1893. Oh, wow. Holmes supposedly took Minnie and Nanny to the World's Fair for a week straight to try and convince Minnie to marry him. There are some sketchy reports that they were actually married, but there's no supporting documentation for this. Nanny seemed to be the smarter of the two sisters and didn't approve of Holmes, or at least the pace at which this relationship was, was escalating. But Holmes already got what he wanted from the Williams sister, so he killed them. Wow, we have very different Williams sisters now. They would not fall for this. <laughs> they wouldn't? <laughs> no. They're oh, tennis stars. you're talking about tennis. Yeah, I, I know nothing of tennis. <laughs> So we're not going to have a tennis podcast. No, I don't think. no, no, no. But Serena and v Venus would not. No, no, no. Venus would not let Serena do this. And no, Serena would not do this. I think they would have kicked the poop out of them. Yes, I yeah. think so. Trying to keep the language clean here too for <laughs> our young listeners. Holmes used Minnie's property in Fort Worth to begin another murder castle. This was supposedly even bigger than the first. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for the petty police searching everywhere for him. <laughs> Scooby-Doo moment. <laughs> I really think they need to do a Scooby-Doo with H.H. H. Holmes. I think that would be funny. I'm not... Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, again, bad person, really horrible human being. Yes, I do believe this. Yeah. Yeah. But I just... Yeah. It, it could be pretty funny, I suppose. Holmes wasted no time finding that wife that he was searching for, and married Georgiana Yoke in January of 1894. This is the third or fourth wife at the same time, depending if Minnie had actually married him, and none of these wives know about each other. How is that even possible? Where are these wives living? Well, I guess they're not living. No, they were. Oh. Murda, Murda was still living or Mitra, or whatever we're calling her, was still living. <laughs> Clara was still yeah, living. Yeah, the first one we... Well, the first one we know was at least living safely far away. Yeah, you know, he scattered them around. Yeah, yeah. Well, Minnie, though, if, if we're counting her... She was dead, probably. She was gone, yeah. Yes. So, as I said, none of these wives really knew about each other, which I found kind of fascinating that he, you know, was able to keep them all apart. Yeah, you taking inspiration from this? Um, yeah, when I get wives, I'll get multiple, I guess. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the next four deaths are all associated with Holmes' elaborate insurance scam. And we talked about that in the previous episode, where he took out a life insurance policy on Benjamin Peitzel. Holmes was supposed to find a lookalike cadaver, which is a dead body, of Benjamin, 
but instead killed him. Yeah, I guess he's just like, well, you know. Well, he, he didn't want to split the money with, with oh, all these people. Oh, that makes sense. So the insurance policy was in Benjamin's wife's name, so she would get $10,000, but Holmes had other plans. Somehow he was able to get the money, all of the money. And he planned to kill all of Benjamin's family one at a time. While telling Benjamin's wife that he was taking each one of her children to be with Benjamin in London. All right, this is where things are going to get pretty dark, everybody. Yes, it is going to get kind of dark. Holmes convinced Miss Peitzel to let him bring three of her five children to Benjamin. He brought them all over the U.S. and Canada as he was trying to escape the Pinkerton, Pinkerton Detective Agency and the police that were searching for him. They didn't know that Holmes was a murderer at this time. They just had him for a bunch of monetary crimes. Oh, like fraud and stuff, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, being a horse thief. Oh, okay. Yeah, that has to do with Texas. Gotcha. So they didn't know um, he was a murderer, and Holmes also took Georgiana with him to all these places, and she never suspected anything until after he was arrested. No. There's there's reports that after she after he was arrested that she was like dumbfounded and was trying to defend him. You know, I'm just realizing I've, I'm being a bit unfair to these ladies. I mean, kind of call them dumb and whatever, but the reality is, you know, why would you? Why would you think that? You know, it's like this is a guy. He seems nice. He seems he's got his stuff together. He's got some money. He's taking you on trips. He was travel. a doctor. He's a doctor, a pharmacist. And it is definitely not their fault in any way that they didn't suspect things. I mean, that this still happens today. I mean, you, you know, the reality is we don't know anyone, you know? Really, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, you just don't know. And yeah, it's, it's, man, he's, he's just, he was really good at this and had he a was. lot of years to perfect it. Yes, absolutely. He did. So the three children, Howard was eight years old and he was the first of the three children to be murdered. Mm. Holmes rented a home in Indianapolis, and the way that they discovered this was, uh, like, after a year going into the investigation of Holmes, they um, looked at some of the houses that he rented, and they found um, Howard's teeth. Oh. So, uh, mm. yeah, I, I believe that he was suffocated. Okay. Which is, you know, going with Holmes's mo. He yeah. would he would suffocate or use or use chloroform. Yeah. That that was a possibility too. Yeah. Holmes killed Alice fifteen and Nellie eleven by forcing them into a large trunk and locking them inside. He then drilled a hole in the lid of the trunk and put one end of of the hose through the hole, and attaching the other end to a gas line to asphyxiate the girls he buried their nude bodies in a cellar of his rental house in toronto oh wow i mean again like that's his mo right is the you know suffocating and the gas and all that yeah i you know oh. he was very much somebody that wouldn't stab somebody or yeah. do anything yeah. that's where i i have issues with the idea of him being jack the ripper yeah it is very different it is very different and um, Jack the Ripper was named the Ripper because it 
it wasn't with surgical accuracy as much of Holmes's um, work was. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And with and with Howard, uh, actually, I heard something that um, he was able to get rid of the body, mostly except for the teeth, mm-hmm. uh, in less than three hours, and do that, take a shower, and get back to Georgiana. Wow. Again, you know, like he's he's good at this, and obviously had done it before. Yes. Or something enough enough times or enough similar things that he could do it, even on the on the road. Yeah. All right. So that's the story of Holmes's nine victims and three or four wives. Oh my goodness. I mean, man, what, what a sad story, especially with those kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what, four of them were kids, the victims. Yeah. Four of them were kids, including Pearl. Yeah. Including Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. The Peitzel kids. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, that's the thing too, is like, it wasn't like he was, even just like okay you know some people might be like well if Minnie, you know was was scamming people then yeah you know two scammers or the other his his partner benjamin peitzel like okay well he kind of knew that this was a bad guy or whatever but these kids yeah these kids, they, they had no yeah. idea like it's just horrible yeah and you know also i was thinking about this and i think it has to do with the times too i mean in these in this day and age women were really just, um, you know, housewives and mothers to the children. Although some of them did work for homes, three of them at least. Um, but they weren't getting out as much. So seeing somebody like this, they, they wanted to trust him. Yeah. Well, and again, it was, I kind of mentioned this in the last episode. It was a new thing for women to be able to get to, to go to the city, get a job, be able to start earning your own way. I mean, you know, it, it had been growing, you know, to, to do that, but this was this was a big thing, and and so right, it wasn't like they knew that this was a a thing that could happen. It was just kind of an this wasn't something that happened all the time necessarily, at least not like this. No, or that we know of, at least it, well, this could have happened a lot. I guess, yeah. There was a lot of missing people back then. Yeah. And and that's where they try to link Holmes up with the deaths of a lot of them, but it just timing wasn't right for all of them, and um, yeah. Or we just don't have evidence. I mean, it's not like there was DNA or you know any real way yeah. to connect things. But it wasn't really within his character to um, kill somebody that he didn't know. Most of these like women he was having an affair with, and all the rest of them just kind of seemed to be around at that time. Besides Benjamin, well, and it all related to money. Yes, I mean he, money he, was definitely he, his thing. It wasn't just. I mean, I, I do think he killed because he liked to kill, but I think it was a part of it was the. Uh, it was always linked to money for him. Yes. Yeah. So I would like to point out that listener David Vox Mullen of the DVM production empire has informed me that they started to use the term serial killer in 1970. So Holmes was not labeled that until then. I think that it's so awesome that people are reaching out to us and we love your feedback, even to tell me that I'm wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I like being told when I'm wrong, so I can correct it. If you are enjoying Ghostly, please let a friend know. Uh, That is the best way for us to advertise by word of mouth of our actual listeners. 
And if you feel like it, going on iTunes, giving us a rating or a review or, yeah. you know, if your podcast app has that, you know, it's always helpful. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Especially yeah. Facebook. And uh, the people that we talk about in this in in all these episodes, go out and support them too. Oh, definitely. You know, they're our friends. Mm-hmm. They they really mean a lot to us. So you had something more to add, right? Yeah, well, I just wanted to mention we uh, were very lucky. A new horror magazine just launched this week called Terror Connection. Uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, they have a whole section of their magazine on podcasts. And they do, a re- they're going to be doing a review every episode. And they picked Ghostly as their first podcast yeah. to review. That's, it was really, really cool. That's crazy. I right? mean, we do not know these people from Adam. They just found us and messaged us and said, hey, we're going to review your podcast. And it was like, okay, thanks. Great. Yeah. And it was super sweet and nice. And they said, you know, yeah, we, we just, I don't know. I don't know how they found us, but they they just well, let us know. We asked him for a little blurb. We did because we want to we want to give him a little uh, shout out because it they was, said we didn't cool. have to though that they would still review us even if we didn't do this. But we like to help out the people that help us. Absolutely. So here's what they uh, here here's a description of Terror Connection. If you're looking for something to keep you awake on those dark and stormy nights, sink your teeth into Terror Connection because horror is all around you. Each issue explores a different theme through media, culture, and personal experience. The first issue is all about nightmares and not only takes an in-depth look at the subject in film, but also delves into the world of dream demons and killer night terrors, just to name a few things. You can read Terror Connection for free on issue, that's I-S-S-U-U, and follow them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Horror Amino. Yeah, so we'll be sure to put a link up to them in one of our posts on Facebook. You could find us on Facebook at Ghostly Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been getting a lot of new likes on Facebook. We just reached over 2,000 Facebook likes. It's so exciting. And I mean, I guess, you know, I know Facebook is kind of the old fashioned social media, but. It's such a great place for us because we can do our polls there and yeah. it's it's a great place to post. I mean, we're certainly on Twitter and Instagram, of course, but uh, Facebook is definitely a big place for us to interact with yeah. our fans. So. It's it's really feeling like a like a community almost. Absolutely. On there. Like we're starting to get to know these people that are that are commenting on things. Yeah, it's exciting. So I want to remind everybody that our next episode will be on Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And it will come out on our regular scheduled episode date of May 29th. So this bonus episode is not going to push back any other episodes. Nope. This is This is just an extra for you guys. Mm-hmm. The more that I'm looking into Waverly Hills, though, the more creeped out I am getting. Uh, special thanks to listener Mike Morrissey for telling us about it and giving us an amazing interview to use on the show. Yeah, it's... I'm so excited to talk about this place. It's so creepy. Everyone seems really excited about it. We've had a lot of feedback already. So it's it's going to be a great, spooky, ghost-filled episode. Yes, there definitely will be a debate with that one. <laughs> I believe it was voted one of the top haunted hospitals in the world. Well, it was on a show uh, from years ago. I had forgotten about it called The Scariest Places on Earth. 
and I loved that show and this was on that show and uh, yeah so this is this is not just some little place like this is a well-known haunted place and we're we're really excited to talk about it yeah well I think that's the episode then happy bonus episode everyone I hope you guys liked it Yeah. yeah maybe we'll do more absolutely and so until the next time stay ghostly 